0: Mm, I love bed, especially in the fucking winter time.
1: Dog, it I, I I I see. I know the seasonal affective disorder is a real thing, but for real, there's something about just being in bed in the winter. It's just like I will sleep twelve hours. I don't care. Yeah, that's just that's just where I'm at. Yeah, and that and and then. Uh, nancy myers beds just don't look comfortable to sleep
0: in. no they fucking don't because nancy myers doesn't know what a good goddamn sleep is apparently
1: <laughs> well yeah, yeah you know i can't sleep more than four hours people come on come on well, um, come on i i i will find
0: a way i hope that's not <laughs> what i have to look forward to when i'm that age jesus
1: yeah uh... Well, hello and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast for myself, Renee Sanchez, and my good buddy, Max Lyon. What's up? Watch rom and then record our thoughts and place them on the internet for the tens and tens of listeners. Listening pleasure. And Max, how are you doing today?
0: I am tired. But not because I didn't get four hours of sleep.
1: (laughs) Because you only get four hours of sleep a night. Like uh, the two main characters of the film.
0: (laughs) How are you doing?
1: I'm doing okay. I am just relaxing, chilling, you know.
0: Not much else we can fucking do in a Chicago winter.
1: Uh, Well, not not only that, but a winter full of Omicron. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh right now our alma mater, the Oregon Ducks are playing basketball against UCLA, the number three team in the country, uh in LA at Poly Pavilion in front of an empty arena. The Pac 12 oh has my been postponed God. the Pac like basically the West Coast call the Pac 12 conference has been postponed for the last few weeks do, for basketball. And now they've just reinstated basketball for in front of empty arenas. Jesus.
0: So
1: yeah, we are back Jesus. to that. everyone. everyone. Um, you know, but we don't necessarily need to talk about
0: the current state of the <laughs> I, world. We I can... want to go back and I want to listen. No, I don't want to listen to every single episode again, just to answer this question, but I want to see, how many fucking episodes we bitch about COVID? Like, when we started this podcast, was not a thing. And now it is a significant portion of our podcast that it has been involved with.
1: Yeah, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Fucking and
0: crazy.
1: You know what? Some people would say something's got to give. and that's the movie we watched today yeah Uh,
0: that's a good fucking segue
1: so something's gotta give let's get into the stats of this film something's gotta give is a 2003 american romantic comedy film written produced and directed by nancy myers she did it all on this one um it
0: fucking shows yeah,
1: <laughs> it stars Jack Nicholson and Diane Keaton as a successful 60-something and 50-something who find love for each other in later life, uh, despite being complete opposites. Uh, Keanu Reeves and Amanda Peet co-star, along with Francis McDormand, Paul Michael Glazer, John Favreau, and Katie Strickland. Um, the film is 128 minutes long.
0: It was every single goddamn one of those minutes.
1: Wow. Uh, we will discuss the length of this film, uh, the budget of the film. How much do you think it costs to make oh. this
0: film? I'm willing to bet Jack Nicholson and Diane Keaton fetched a pretty penny,
1: along with the film locations. They so got to oh, think about those. Yeah.
0: Two. yeah. 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 Uh fuck. This is probably a good one. So 50 mil.
1: The budget for the film was eighty million dollars.
0: Wow.
1: They spent eighty million dollars. And wow. then if you really think if you really think about it, like Keanu Reeves is probably the third biggest name. Like we know Amanda Pete here on the podcast, right, and Amanda right. Pete Has her own name but amanda pete's not more famous than keanu reeves amanda pete's not on the tip and amanda pete's not fetching a pretty penny as far as like as far as acting bugs so like they really spent most of the money on the two leads and keanu reeves Yeah, and basically in the locations and they spent 80 million dollars to make this film
0: I mean That's with Jack Nicholson and Diane Keaton, like at their age in their career path, like you have to imagine that they demand a pretty decent salary. Yeah. Command, That's I should fair. say, not demand.
1: Command. Agreed. Uh, how much do you think it made in the box office? And this would be worldwide.
0: Hundred and eighty million.
1: It made two hundred and sixty six point seven million dollars. Holy shit. It was a success. That's why we have other Nancy Myers
0: films along the same line. Fucking Nancy Myers.
1: <laughs> was this one of
0: her first ones?
1: Uh in in a set of movies like I mean, this was out before the holiday. True. But this allowed her to make the holiday.
0: True, you know? God, she actually kind of um, looks like Diane Keaton, like a little <laughs> bit. Uh,
1: and also for her performance in the film, Diane Keaton received received a nomination for Best Actress in for the Academy Award that year.
0: I mean that that nomination comes a- alone from her crying,
1: <laughs> from that scene out in the streets when this... she talks about being heartbroken and, and the crying that she does.
0: Yeah. yeah, the scream crying that she's constantly yeah. doing for, the, for like a good 10 15 minute stretch.
1: Um, and then also, uh, uh Diane Keaton won the Golden Globe for Best Actress for music, Motion Picture Comedy or Musical, while Jack Nicholson uh, received a nomination for Best Actor in a Motion Picture Musical or Comedy at Golden Globe. Um, mm. but he did not win it. And then there are 173 critic reviews for this film on Rotten Tomatoes. All right. What is the Rotten Tomatoes score for this film?
0: 75%.
1: Not bad. It's 72%. Ooh. So it is a certified fresh film. Um, just on the cusp there, but it's considered fresh. Uh, It's got a 69% rating from 100,000-plus audience ratings. And the critics' consensus is, though it occasionally stumbles into sitcom territory, Something's Gotta Give is mostly a smart, funny, romantic comedy with sharp performances from Jack Nicholson, Diane Keaton, and Keanu Reeves.
0: I definitely agree with the sharp performances, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, David Anson of Newsweek, uh, considered a top critic, gave it a fresh rating. Uh, He wrote, The movie, which ricochets between farce and poignancy, casts just enough romantic pixie dust to leave you smiling. It's certainly not the last word on the subject, but it's an amiable start. Uh, hmm. The uh, Antonio Antonio Quirk of the London Evening Standard also considered a top critic out there in London uh, they wrote it pays homage to the great pulse of warmth still 27 years later being given off by Annie Hall and Keaton basked in the intention
0: you uh... can hear the beat of
1: her triumphant heart
0: yeah, I can definitely pick up on the Annie Hall bullshit. <laughs> so, yeah, they, uh, you know, there's a lot of like, oh, Diane
1: Keaton hasn't been this great in the rom-coms since Annie Hall sort of thing. Um, and yeah, Although there is a a rating here from Aunt Adrian Hennigan of the BBC.com, so out there in Britain. It wasn't universally liked uh, this is a negative review, two out of five. And Adrian wrote, As monotonous and predictable as a pacemaker.
0: <laughs> it's funny because it's actually applicable. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly. Um, and uh, mm.
0: Like, like, how many times is here. he close to death in this movie? Jesus.
1: Uh, what, Jack Nicholson? Yeah. Honestly, I think the first time, that's it.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, literally, yes, but, like, how many times does he last. think? Yeah, it's just, it's played up.
1: Because he doesn't know how to be in love. Because
0: um, his heart is broken also like she's she's supposedly saving his life and she's giving him like cpr at that scene she starts giving him chest comp- it's not a big deal but it bothered me she's giving him chest compressions and then she gives him mouth-to-mouth it's like what the fuck are you doing everybody knows you do mouth-to-mouth <laughs> first or at least maybe not everybody i guess not diane keaton <laughs> um
1: victoria alexander who writes for Movie Reviews in Croatian. <laughs> I'm waiting for the response from you. And you literally it took about five whole seconds before you like physically responded.
0: My brain had to physically respond to that. Like, what? Victoria Alexander, a critic for Movie Reviews
1: in Croatian. Wrote this on December seventeenth of two thousand three. Keaton, apo- Keaton apologizes for growing old, while Nicholson, at a hard one sixty-seven years old, still expects us to believe twenty-five-year-old models think he's hot. Uh, it,
0: yeah, and I mean, on I'm, top of am I'm sure there are cons- those those people.
1: But that is considered a positive review somehow. Um,
0: uh,
1: And then uh, just to kind of give you an idea of what time, time period we are talking about here, guys. Matt Brunson of Creative Loafing gave it a three out of four from when the movie came out in December of 2003. And their review... A resplendent love story soiled by an ending that hangs from the rest of the picture as awkwardly as a Florida Chad.
0: Uh, Remember when that was a joke?
1: Remember when that was all we had to worry about for elections? When that was the big big controversy between Gore and Bush? So that's how long ago this film came out.
0: We've come a long (laughs) way, folks. We've come a long way.
1: And also, that critic kind of hit the nail on the head. The ending is atrocious in this film. <laughs> it is ah, not good.
0: It's not the
1: best. The when, <laughs> like when <laughs> Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson actually bang, that marks the halfway point of this film. Jesus Christ! Not in most Rob Cubs that you're probably talking about two thirds of the way through and then there's going to be some sort of fallout and then there's going to be a quick resolution and then there's going to be a final kiss at the end.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. That's why I felt like it dragged (laughs) on for me. Cause I'm just like, I'm reading it based (laughs) on that formula for the rom-coms that we're used to watching. Yes. Where it has that nice (laughs) ebb and flow and it's like, Jesus Christ, how much longer can we draw this shit out? And
1: last week we even talked about with Win a date with Tad Hamilton how it almost felt like they waited really long before they finally like right the, it pulled the trigger on it where she finally decided to go to L.A. with Tad and like you know and Tad pulled the whole like Hail Mary three smile or however many smiles she has yada yada blah 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 um but like that whole part and then. No, no, no! Oh, sorry. No, I, was, I meant when Topher Grace like shares his feelings for her, right? And then he's talking to the dad after that whole fallout, and that happens an hour and seventeen into an hour and a half movie, or <laughs> like there's literally right. like twenty minutes left in the film by the time that that whole thing happened. Here, a whole hour and five minutes were left. Oh my god. Between the between when they banged and then they had their awkward like dispatching from each other from the banging all the way to and when then the, we get to the resolution of they should be together.
0: And there were several like ups and downs in between there. It wasn't like the usual formula of The fallout, winning her back, maybe a big speech or a big gesture, the climax, the resolution. It was like falling out, clawing their way back, falling out again, clawing their way back, falling out again, falling out even further, falling out even further. Pauling out even for... It's like, Jesus Christ, we get it. Would you just get to the fucking ending? We already know they're going to end up together.
1: And are like... and Not only that, but just like they keep running into each other. They yeah. keep encountering each other. And then... And it the, goes poorly. And it always comes down to the one moment where it's like, if you just say the right thing, mm-hmm. or you just... If you say how you really feel and are honest, then this whole thing ends and like you move forward <laughs> and, and then it's just, I, I don't know how to be a boyfriend. All right, cool. Fucking then. Or, or like, what is,
0: what does she ask him before she gets in the cab sobbing or she's they're they're standing outside the theater And she asks him something like, uh, you know, do do you want to be with me? Are we over? Are we done? Or something like that. And he's like, I don't know. Uh,
1: It's it's like she phrases it awkwardly because for that, how like, how like hard she acts in that scene and she acts the hell out of that scene, but Mm -hmm. also at the same time she's like so into it that like her lines kind of get flubbed up and weird and so she phrases things in a very odd manner where it's like i i don't like you know like there's iconic lines for a reason it's because half of it is they're usually written that way and they're written in a way that they're easily memorable and the way that she was delivering these lines it felt like she was just like I, I remember the gist of the line that was written for me, so I'm going to say it this way. And it kind of comes out like almost Yoda speak. And it's just like, I, I what'd she say?
0: Probably because not... it was a Nancy Myers script.
1: <laughs> exactly, because she wrote it, produced it, and directed it. And it's like everything going on right now is coming from the brain of Nancy Myers for better and for worse. And what do we say about films Mm -hmm. when someone gets all the power, someone else needs to come in and edit that shit and bring it back down to earth. This is a film that needs to be a hundred minutes tops.
0: Yes. Tops. And it could be easily. It could be, we don't need, (laughs) how long did we spend on her play? She writes the play. And then we've got, I would say a good half hour at least of the rest of the movie where we see him going to the, the, the auditions. We see him going to the play when it's finally on stage. We hear about the play several times. We're at the theater several times. It's like, if this was a standard rom-com formula She would have written a play about what happened between them. He would have gone to the play. And then like opening night, they would have kissed behind the curtains as the curtains come up, you know, that sort of thing. And then that's the climax and that's the end of the movie and we're done. But no, we got to have this whole drawn out thing with just the play. And then of course the movie doesn't even end with the play. Then we got to go to Paris after that. It's like uh, by that point, I'd forgotten they even talked about Paris. That was like three years earlier in the damn movie. So there there's there's my there's my take on the length of the damn thing.
1: I, they could have I feel like the way that it could have gone that would have made sense is when he asks, when he finds out about this play and he goes and he meets her and then he asks like, well, does he live or does he die? And she's like, uh, we haven't decided yet. He's like, well, what is it currently death? And so maybe there's a whole discussion that happens there and they break apart. But then when there's an opening night scene that you mentioned, And then in the opening night, you know, he comes back and maybe before he leaves, like after the whole awkward, you know, dancing Henry's and everything else like that, he says, well, I don't know. I may be biased, but I hope that Henry just lives in your play. And he says something like that before he leaves sort of thing. Yeah, Yeah. And then and then he basically comes back for opening night and then at the end of the play, Henry lives; he doesn't die. Yeah, that's how, and that's how he kind of realizes: okay, she still has, she feels something for me, and like I really should go for this sort of thing. But instead, we get this weird soul-searching six-month thing that. Yeah, that was fucking weird too. I. There was, it's a very. They, I mean, they wrote the character into a corner from Jump because they wrote him as such a poon hound. <laughs> so right. it's hard to, it's hard to like, you know, redeem him when you
0: write him as such
1: a poon hound.
0: But uh, I, I feel like they could have. I, I feel like Nancy could have easily shown us rather than tell us in that instance. Like they if she wanted to show us that he was growing out of that persona that he had developed for so long, she could have built upon scenes like the fact that he comes back into the room after, after having sex with her and he comes back in to sleep with her and he does it like in kind of like a, humble sheepishly way you know where he's like he's unsure Mm -hmm. of what the fuck he's doing but he's giving it a shot he's trying and it's like immediately we see diane keaton's character has had an impact on him already to the point that he's doing something that we've already been told he never does so already Mm -hmm. we're getting a glimpse of growth whether that's positive growth or negative growth has yet to be seen at that point in the movie but like we can assume it's positive, and we can assume that he's growing. Like shit, like that could have been done. We don't need a whole like synopsis of his six month sojourn across the country to go see of all of all of his exes and make peace with all of them, just to prove that he's grown and and turned into turned a new leaf. That's also like, who the fuck does that?
1: Like, <laughs> I mean. The very, very rich Henry Sandburn, I, <laughs> I guess. uh Sanborn. Uh Fucking... <laughs> just... And then on top of that, just... Uh, Keanu Reeves is the most... Is supposedly, like, the perfect boyfriend slash partner. But also at the same time, is... In a way, yeah, is, I, is I that did, Keanu outside? Uh, yeah, he, like in a way, he's like, but he's also kind of pushy in a way, like you know, just like that horn a little
0: bit, yeah, like that, like that horn I a mean, little, little invasive because
1: he he calls her, he says, I've waited the standard amount of time, da, 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 and I was, Would you meet me at the grill at eight? and it's just like. First off, doesn't say, hey, it's Julian, the guy that you went on a date with. How's it going? Nothing. No, like, uh, yeah. he just immediately is just like, oh, you know, second date. Just like he's so confident in his ability because he's a really, you know, attractive doctor. And it's like, you, you have a right to be that confident, sir. But at the same time, <laughs> like, you are quite pushy. <laughs> and that is quite the turnoff, I would say, um, especially when someone is not sure of their feelings for you. Like, yes. uh, say, Erica, the fucking man, the girl's who's affection you're fighting for, which and is obvious.
0: In the way that she kisses him. Like, Jesus, you yes, the room.
1: But then he chases her and keeps chasing her and keeps fighting for it. And guess what? It led you all the way to fucking Paris, where you spent a shit ton of money, probably, for you guys to stay together. Only for her to end up in the arms of an old dude whose life you saved from a heart attack. Because, <laughs> because you are a fuckboy who doesn't read signs.
0: I don't know if he's a fuck boy, but he's just he's an idiot. He act
1: he hey, he act when you act like a fuck boy, you put yourself in fuck boy category and he acted like a fuck boy by not reading the signs and also being really pushy.
0: Okay. I don't think that's fuckboy, but he's just kind of for someone who is so smart. He's the dumbest smart person of a lot of rom gums that we've seen like what the fuck man? i would
1: yeah i would agree it, it like and there's a lot of people who like when they talk about this film they talk about how great keanu reeves is in this film oh my gosh really so perfect i've heard girls talk about that oh like my god and it's just like y'all are kind of dumb <laughs> like just <laughs> let's look at it this way here um it's like this is the first time I've actually seen the whole entire film, and I realized why it's because I never wanted to sit for two and two hours. Uh, yeah. And when it comes on and when it comes on cable, there's so many goddamn commercials it ends up being a three hour thing. Oh, it's like yeah. I'm not sitting for three hours here.
0: Also, okay, after all of that shit that he's gone through, Keanu Reeves character, uh, uh, only to have it end with oh you're still in love with him I'm just gonna go back to my hotel room and that's that Like, after all of that all of that chasing her down all of that pursuing her all of the work that you've put into it up to this point you just bow out magically, silently, gracefully like nothing well, fucking he happened
1: saw, he saw them and he knew
0: get your head out of your ass Nancy Get your fucking head out of your ass. What guy does that?
1: Like, what guy is just going to be like, oh, fuck. You know, she obviously loves you.
0: She loves someone else. I guess I'll just go back to my beautiful Parisian hotel and schedule another flight.
1: I mean,. but what kind of – what conversation do you have at that point, though? Because it's his own doing. Oh, you, have you, a, you have
0: a conversation. That's what you do. You have, she does conversation? It, it, it doesn't What's happen in five minutes where she just – he says, oh, I, 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 it's clear that you're still in love with the guy, so go be with him. And then she leaves. No, it's a conversation. It's over a, a long time. If they're deep enough into a relationship that they're going to Paris for her birthday together – This is a fucking conversation.
1: What The conversation probably happened in the car on the way back from the restaurant when the conversation went as follows. You're still in love with him, aren't you? Pause. Pregnant pause. Regardless of whether she says yes or no, pregnant pause. He goes, okay, I see it. Drug emoji. I...
0: I... I don't... I... I'm gonna... There's no fucking way in hell I I act that way, and I don't know a a single guy that fucking does that. Like, that's a real conversation.
1: (laughs) Well, because you've never... You've never been in a position where you chase someone who is twenty years your elder who never liked you <laughs> back.
0: Well, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> like that's so the, what the fuck. Who chooses?
1: Like we're talking about a situation that's pretty unbelievable. Where it's just like I'm an eligible bachelor, but I'm choosing to chase someone who's twenty twenty years my elder who I look up to, and like I like pre- professionally, and I'm choosing to ignore all warning signs Mm. about our current relationship because I just look up to her that much. And so, and, and then, and now I see in front of me, she doesn't like me back. I've just now realized this. Yeah. And, and then when I realize that she doesn't like me back, whose fault is it? Well, it is my own fault so what are what's the discussion to have and like i'm sorry like how could you do this to me because it was my own doing <laughs> like well how I'm could i do this to myself
0: i'm saying there would be a conversation as a fallout for a relationship like they're legitimately in a long-term relationship at this point you know like this has been what six months at least since was like,
1: if you if you didn't really like me like that, then why were you here these last six months? So like you're gonna have that like argument and then that's just that. No, I'm again one.
0: I you're you're misconstruing my words. I never said argument. Yeah. I said conversation. Like you have to have an actual like fallout conversation from a real relationship, which they clearly have. Like you don't just like it's not like they've been on a few dates, they had a fling, and oh shit. All right, well it went awry. Go be with him. It's not. No, they're legitimately in a relationship at that point. You have to yeah. have some sort of like actual conversational fallout.
1: Uh, I mean, sure. S-
0: splitting hairs sure, at this point I, since like, yeah, it's sem- there's a it's lot semantics. of other shit about the movie that yeah. is just fucking ass it, backwards, too. It's just another. yeah. It's
1: semantics. I just have no idea what the details of that conversation would be like just me personally based off of his behavior and decisions in the film like i'm just like what does that conversation entail that that would be interesting to me um anyway so then there's amanda pete's character she finally gets told by her mom hey don't guard yourself and then she met someone got married and knocked up all within six months. Yeah. Hey, you know, when you find love, man, it just, she's she's
0: three months pregnant by the time we see her after six months. So that means she met someone at the beginning of six months, got married real quick, real quick. Like within, I would assume three months but i mm-hmm. guess it doesn't technically have to be but she either way she got pregnant within 3 months and she got married that's still pretty damn it, fast
1: it reminds me of the mo- the before trilogy the before sunrise before sunset before midnight trilogy um which technically could be considered rom-coms we could technically do those 3 For this podcast at some point Um, but it's with ethan hawk and julie delpy um not to you know give too much away but then in the third movie before midnight they have twins and the twins are about the age between the second movie and the third movie (laughs) and so um yeah and so basically they talk about how like the quote-unquote honeymoon period that they had was not very long before they had kids all of a sudden. I just feel like, you know, when you when you end up in a situation where all of a sudden you have to be parents, and co-parent, and you never really had that honeymoon phase. That's uh
0: yeah, that's
1: a tough break. <laughs> to, that's <laughs> also me uh, noted non kid fan. <laughs> I'm not a fan of taking care of kids. Yeah. I'm not a fan of children in general. <laughs> um, <and laughs> eligible bachelor. Uh <laughs> Renee just says he doesn't like kids. Uh anyway. <laughs> no.
0: Hey, there's plenty so, of ladies out there that don't that don't need that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I feel like what should have happened. And what like my what happens after ever after, what should have gone down is the missed opportunity of Julian getting with Erica's sister. Yes. Frances McDormand.
0: I was <laughs> convinced that was gonna happen.
1: At the farm stand, there were some serious yes. vibes. Yes. There were some serious vibes. Yes. And those vibes with a Z, those vibes should have been explored. And so I feel that's like where, that's
0: an after credit scene that needed to happen at least.
1: That's where my "What Happens After her, After" her goes to is that they find some other way to end this film other than this weird fucking six month excursion thing, what the and fuck? and everything else. And they have Frances McDormand and Julian get together, and she just. Rides into the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> um, they fuck on a uh, strawberry stand. Yeah, uh, you know. But for everything we're, we're complaining about, there's also. I, I will say this. I do enjoy the i like that they created this that this was a, a, you know, a a slightly unique way of showcasing finding love like at at an advanced age.
0: I liked Um, the uniqueness of that. Yes.
1: Yeah. You know, like that is a rom-com where it was just like what Jack Nicholson says at the very end of the film where he's just like, I'm 63 and I'm in love for the first time. And it was just like hearing that was just kind of like a, oh shit, that's, mm. that's unique. That's different. Right. That's definitely something, um, you know, funny that he finally found the words on his fifth attempt at the end of this film. Was it only five? Jesus. <laughs> I, I, I'm totally, I was just <laughs> making up a number. It could have been more or less. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but like it, it, it just, but at the same time, just the way that, there's that. There's also how, you know, when she, when Diane Keaton admits that she's heartbroken, and she's like, "This is the first time, you know, I've ever felt this," you know, and she's like, and she's just like she happy that she had, and... yeah, that she had had it, sort of thing. But she realized, you know, and how painful she, she's getting the pain part of it, mm. but like, at the same time, just. There, you know the the whole portrayal of love, the feeling of love, along with the fact that it could happen at such an advanced age, I thought was cool. Um,
0: especially and, to have two leads that were polar opposites in terms of experience, like
1: that, and and on top of that, just having in in just in real life two leads you could act like that. Two leads that could act their
0: asses off, like two capable, very capable actors.
1: Yes, and so you know, kudos to.
0: I I mean, kudos to Jack Nicholson for like going into this. That was my that was my hesitancy. Was like, Jack Nicholson as a fucking lead in a rom com.
1: Well, as good as it gets, which came out in '97, and he won. I think he won an Academy Award for that. Um, that was kind of the
0: oh, I never saw other, that either. They were like,
1: "Well, that was that's technically a rom com as well," so that one's a unique rom com. Um,
0: Google does maybe, list it as a rom drum, but
1: yeah, there you go. But we've done rom drums for this podcast. We could do that's that true. one too. Anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, he he had a little experience as far as like in this type of role at this point
0: and i guess it it kind of shows because going into it like i mean it took me a good hour to warm up to him which you know thank god the movie's two hours long because it gave me plenty of time but <laughs> it um, was like
1: a viagra pill. <laughs>
0: it, uh, it took a while just don't just don't combine it with uh any drip ivs <laughs> nitroglycerin and... Yeah, is that a real thing? To do, do?
1: I, I do people actually so.
0: get nitroglycerin? I don't know. That does it. That's the shit that we make TNT out of, right? I don't know. I'm, I'm not a sure, doctor. I'm pretty sure that toxic Keanu. <laughs> Fucking Keanu! Wow yeah i
1: mean like maybe that's what their conversation was about after he realized all right well did you have any questions does nitroglycerin and tnt no actually you, know
0: <laughs> you you giving me a drip iv of fucking dynamite <laughs> when combined with viagra you can go boom
1: <laughs> boom 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 boom
0: um for for all the scientists out there, or lack of scientists, I should say, yeah. it is actually a common use to treat chest pain in its oral form. Ugh. Well, there you go. When used rectally, it can be used to treat pain caused by tears in the skin. What the f- I didn't- That's shit I didn't need to know, Google. Like, why would you even include that? Just
1: in case, you know, you sit in something or you do the splits wrong. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And nonetheless. uh, So as far as uh, the kiss of the film. We've got a couple. I think the kiss of the film is after they come in from the rain. On the beach, Henry and uh, Erica when they're playing the song you know uh i only have eyes for you Mm. and they there's the pan there's the window where like they're lighting candles and then they pan over one and immediately they're like in each other's arms Mm -hmm. and then they kiss there that's that was my favorite kiss of the film by them
0: and she says sorry
1: Um, (laughs) yeah whatever um I liked that. And kids the, with the music and with the lighting, it all just worked in this almost like eerie, unique, dreamy way. It was just like this moment in time where it's like, it's completely middle of the day, but it's so rain cloudy and dark outside that it feels like it's nighttime, mm-hmm. but it's only like, but at that time it's probably like 3 PM in the summer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so it's a summer rainstorm. It's just, everything about that moment is unique and different and to, you know, decide to just like drop a first kiss into a first bang. (laughs) It's like (laughs) uh, into all of that sort of thing. It just all that that's, that's definitely a poignant thing. I, I this this
0: is, this is where I have to give Nancy you give it a B. Uh, yeah. This is where I have to give Nancy Myers a little bit of credit because as as much as I find a lot of her her stuff I mean it's it's rom-com so I can't be too critical but she 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 tends to take things very I don't even know what the adjective would be to describe it but just kind of emotionally parsed down to the bare emotions of a situation or a moment. And then she dresses them up again with Nancy Meyers' flair and, and turns them into this... Like, every moment is a super illustrative rom-com moment. And after a while, sometimes all those moments can seem a little forced and fake and it's like okay this shit doesn't actually happen in real life nancy come on but for moments like this like you said when it's like there's a rainstorm outside and suddenly the mood changes their emotions and their mood and their feelings towards each other change just as rapidly as the weather does outside and i think that's a nice touch because that's sometimes reality like you're getting lost in the moment with each other there's no one else in the world at that point besides you and this other person and you're sharing that moment that's kind of cool and she captures it really well the context of the kiss is fantastic I gotta say Jack Nicholson did not make me cringe which I was surprised by I think I would give it a B as well
1: and one thing I will say is when he tells her you're beautiful, and when he says open your open eyes, your so eyes. I know he can hear me, yeah. And that that part later on, because that's not necessarily in the kiss, that's on the whole fuck scene. But when he says open your eyes, so I know that you hear me, that like that in and of itself was just like a oh yeah. That's the stuff. Like that's the good stuff right there mm. from Nancy Myers. That's mm. the good Nancy Myers. Yes. Fortunately, we don't get a lot of it. Um, yeah, and there's a lot this that one. we do get. There's a lot that we do get, and not a lot of it is good. Um, but nonetheless, that uh, that was my probably my favorite part of the film was the when he says that to her while you know above her.
0: Well, because <laughs> that that whole entire it's not a scene anymore, but that whole i don't know chapter i guess where Um, they've got the they've got the beach scene we've got the rainstorm we got the kiss we've got intimacy then we've got sleeping together that whole chapter that plays out is a pretty big portion of the only chemistry we really do get to see between the two of them, like actual kind of like cute, romantic, like, fuck. Yeah. I'm getting on board with this shit. Romance. The rest of the movie is a lot of like conflict, honestly, between the two of them. And maybe not, maybe conflict is an extreme word for it, but you know what I mean? Like, Problems, obstacles, whatever. And it's like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. I, I get that. Yeah, you can make the argument that that's part of life too. But for a rom com and for a Nancy Myers rom com, there isn't as much romantic chemistry on screen. We don't get to see a lot of like dynamic between them, except for like the buildup to it where she's taking care of him and her daughter's there and still kind of dating him. And then they 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 finally. This is,
1: just, and that's where the, just having someone to help with the writing would have yep. been, yep. you know,
0: yep.
1: helpful. Because there's the whole awkward part where she's got to break up with him, but oh, it was almost like he broke up with me. Like he's anyway, anyway, it's you're free to da, 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 it's like just, uh, just, oh, yeah. it just, it's just weird. So much it's weird. convoluted stuff, and it's just like, can you get? anyone to help you write this script just anyone just to just say hey this is a little much we don't need this detail we don't need that detail all of a sudden all of a sudden this movie's an hour and 48 minutes okay cool
0: oh we still don't have an ending uh we should probably write an ending in here um let's have them go to paris (laughs) because remember that one time they talked about it in like minute 15 well, that was always going
1: to be the end. Uh, that was obviously like where they wanted to go, but they didn't know how to get there, and they. Well, took Well, that's obvious. Jesus. Um. So along all of these lines, I will say, for my verdict, that there's still bits that were entertaining. Yeah, uh, it, it was still. Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson it I I I would say see it once I I I would say fuck it I I would still say fuck it I don't think it was bad enough to kill but it could have been I think it's just frustrating because it could have been even better than it was yes it could have been so
0: much better than it was yeah this is this is a uh this is a fuck for me as well, but this is a this is an awkward fuck. This is a fuck that's as awkward as Keanu Reeves's relationship with Diane Keaton. <laughs> like this is just if it's on if it's on TV and you got nothing else to do and you this is this is for me, this is throw it on. If this is and, on
1: TV, don't watch it because it's gonna be, <laughs> be long as fuck.
0: Yeah, that's true too. But I mean like don't don't spend money on it. Don't But if you're just looking
1: for something on Amazon Prime and you see it on there and you can't find anything else, feel free to put it on the background.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. On a rainy Sunday that you're going to take a nap on anyway. So, Um, But for now, uh, you can find our socials, the shows. uh, Instagram is at Bromancing the Stone Podcast. And that's all one word together, Bromancing the Stone Podcast. And you can find our Twitter at BrothestonePod. And that's B R O T H E S T O N E P O D. You can find me on Twitter at Supermarket Sweep without the E in Super. So that's S U P R Market Sweep. And then you can find my Instagram at Relusa88. And that's R E L U S A 88. And then also, I uh, have a music podcast with my sister Rebecca uh, called We Watched Our MTV. Uh, the new episode finally coming out. Uh, we've been on a little hiatus. We have a new episode coming out this Sunday. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, we took a little two-week hiatus because it it's the holidays and shit.
0: I mean, <laughs> and, makes uh, sense to me. you
1: know, it is what it is. So, uh then, Max?
0: On Instagram, you can find me at the Lionhearted, which is T-H-E period L-Y-O-N-H-E-A-R-T-E-D.
1: Booyakasha! And now, Max, it is your turn to choose the next film that we will review.
0: Well, I did have an idea going into this, but Then, as my lovely co-star Renee pointed out, there is kind of a sequel to this, in a way. Not a sequel, but a Mm. a very related film. That, I mean, just in keeping with the theme of our entire fucking podcast, it makes only sense that we kind of keep continuing the trend. And if I'm Mm. not mistaken, it too is a fucking Nancy Myers film? That is correct. God damn it. All right. Well, let's do it next week. Like my relationship with Nancy Myers, it's complicated.
1: It's complicated. So we will continue on down this road, uh, this time with Alec Baldwin and Meryl Streep and uh, Steve Martin as well. Uh, oh, Steve Martin's w- in it. Steve Martin is in it. So, nice. right, uh, yeah, so we will be watching It's Complicated next week. But until then, for the tens and tens of listeners, we love y'all. And we thank you for giving us a listen today and wherever you may be. And we wish you the very best. We love you guys. Adios.